Hey, I'm Serge. And I'm Peter. And you're listening to Future Break. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Future Break podcast, part of the Podglomerate Network. And this is the podcast where we talk about emerging technology, human behavior, and what it all means for the future. And today, we're talking about rumors and predictions for 2018. Because, hey... It's a new year. It is a new year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a good one. I feel like a lot of people were ready for 2017 to end. Ah, um, uh, <laughs> some more than others, right? Some more than others. Um, but yeah, as we as we move forward, guess what's gonna happen? Change, change, change. Inevitable. Yeah. Did you have a good uh, good New Year's, Peter? I did. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I guess briefly talking about this, but it was just a. It was a. It was a. It was a weird time of just figuring out, like, okay, it's, I I can take some time to relax right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like ever since we started this podcast a year ago, our lives have been. Continually moving forward, right? Oh, yeah. Right? Totally. So, yeah. Anyways. Well, yeah. Happy New Year to all you uh, listeners and future breakers out there. Uh, today's going to be an interesting one, I think. Today's going to be more more on the speculation side. We're going to take out our magic eight ball kind of and, and uh, try to predict some stuff. But uh, there's definitely some stuff moving around um, that we're seeing. So, But before we get to that, uh, let's talk about the future news flash. All right, the story that you probably all have heard, Apple actually apologizes for slowing down your old iPhone. Um, what's been happening is with older iPhones, as the battery gets older and you know loses its uh, charge and all that, um, they actually, using software, they slow down the phone performance to preserve battery life. Personally, I think this is just totally overblown, Peter. I think people are just complaining just to complain. It's like, would you rather have a two-hour long, you know, battery and peak performance? Or would you rather have six hours and pretty decent performance? I don't know. That's just me. Well, <clears throat> yeah. No, I, I kind of agree with you on that. So. All right. Upcoming January 9th to 12th, CES. Yes. And uh, some main things that we'll, we'll highlight a little bit today, but a lot of talk about robotics, AI, and, well, interacting with robotics, but 5G. Yeah. So we'll just tease that a little bit. So. Another related incident to, to some, some le- leaks and things like that is we've got pretty pretty breaking story here, actually. Um, there was an Intel memory leak discovered in in a lot of the chips like going back to even when the mac mini was was being developed like it's it's a a lot of chips and what it's doing is it's allowing um programs to access the kernel which is like essentially the it's like the the secure place on the chip that has passwords and all that stuff and what what it's saying is just some initial research um to fix this, there, there's a software update, but it can really slow down your computer. So um, for Linux and Windows machines, they could see between a 5 and a 30% slowdown. <laughs> Once this fixes it, ah, jeez. I guess is... you got to rethink some of this Apple stuff. kind of sounds familiar. Huh? <laughs> well, we don't know how... how I, <laughs> I read one, one guy's like, yeah, maybe it'll improve Apple performance of the battery. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? So be in the lookout for more news on that. All right. And last but very important, um, CRISPR. We've talked CRISPR in the past. Yeah. Um, they have seemingly started to make a first step towards potentially, I don't say cure completely, but um, for Lou Gehrig's disease or wow. ALS. So remember the bucket challenge? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a disease that just really... 
wipes people out. And, yeah. Jeez. Uh, um. Anyways, so it's it's uh they've started to make some steps, and they theoretically think it might be able to extend people's lifespan by twenty five percent. That's that's really good news, which is really good. To hear. Very good news. I I heard that the the bucket challenge um was actually a huge success. It raised yes. millions of dollars for ALS funding. So like. Kudos to the people that came up with that because that that worked well. Yeah, so, great. cool. Well, that's the future news flash for you guys. Um, let's jump into some of our main topics uh, that that we're going to be discussing here today. Yeah. Um, this first one, this kind of this one, kind of caught my attention. Um, now, there was a time I think a few years ago, even that apps were the new thing, right? Like, I. Personally, Peter, I would download a new app like almost every day for my phone. Okay. Really? Well, okay, not every day, but I I download a lot of apps just to test, you know. Well, I will admit, I was the guy who's more slower to the game on that front. I, when people had their iPhone 4s, Mm -hmm. maybe even the 5 had come out, I had an iPod, (laughs) but the nice one. Okay. That looked like a five. Okay. Anyways. Well, so I used to be super into apps, and I think we've kind of hit a point where um, mostly everything's been done well. (laughs) I don't know. That's maybe a stretch to say that too, but um, we're seeing that the saturation for the apps has just reached such a level that it's like, okay, well, do we really need another, you know, <laughs> note-taking app out there? Like, no offense to anyone that's designing one, but it's kind of to that point, right? Yeah. Well, it's really become more like the uh, publisher's world. Like, hey, you wrote a book. Yeah. Yeah, Now that's 90% a good point. of the work needs to be done to market it. Right. That's a good point. So That's a good point. So people are scrapping for smaller market shares, but... Um, so this news really kind of caught my attention. And, and so the, 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 this whole episode is really talking about kind of some rumors and, and predictions that we have for 2018. And I've done some deductive reasoning here, Peter, put okay. on my Sherlock Holmes hat. Um, this story actually broke yesterday. It's, uh, Apple acquires a Canadian, uh, app development startup called Buddy Build. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. this is all right. Just stay with me here. Mm-hmm. So, Buddy Build, what they do is, um, it's a, it's basically a. So, c- development can be either like you, you, you know, build some stuff and then you push it out to, to go live. And so you're just like working in a two week, you know, two week sprint is what they call it. Right. Yep. Right. So, what Buddy Build does is it allows for continuous integration, continuous deployment. Um, and, and it actually even gets user feedback. So what that means is as a development team, we don't have to wait two weeks to push out a change. We can just continuously, as we have new things done, we just push it out. And so interesting. this caught my attention because, uh, last week, I believe, or, or, or a few days, uh, before, yeah, December 20th, there was another story out, um, that <sighs> it, I didn't pay attention to it much, but then after I went back and read it again, I was like, oh, this is this is something big. Apple is potentially going to let developers release um, universal apps that work across iPhone, iPad, and Mac. And so putting the two stories together, I was like, oh, okay, that's how they're going to do it. Buddy build. Um. So what this really means for 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 you and and for some of the developers here is that they can build essentially a single application. So they build an app. They say, okay, we need a, you know, let's say we need a weather app. They can build it, um, and they can push it out to your iPod, your iPhone, your iPad, and even your Mac, and. It works. It just it's just one app. You don't have to build an iPad version and a Mac version and a Apple TV version. You know, like all that stuff. So, in other words, if you're a designer, it's going to be huge for you because 
people be like, hey, we're building this app. We just need a designer to reformat this for all the different sizes. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I think... Is that what you're I, saying? Kind of, but I think they're going to be handling that in a, in a in a different way. Like, it's going to hmm. be okay. designed or flexible enough to be positioned for other, other devices. Okay. okay. So that's kind of what I'm saying. And the continuous okay. deployment right. part, That's I think that's really the key here, is because... Um, a lot of times, you know, when you submit an app to the store, it takes, sometimes it takes weeks, sometimes it takes months to review your app, make sure, you know, make sure it's nothing to make sure it complies with all the rules that Apple has. Um, it's funny you say that because on Android, it will take maybe the afternoon. Exactly. That's exactly true. Yeah. Right. On Android, Um, you push, you push, you know, submit or whatever. And Which, by the way, does, is it, I think in some cases is actually, that's not a good thing. Totally. Totally not a right? good thing in some right. cases. Because we've we've seen that. It's like malicious apps go out there and they they wreck havoc. But So there's pros and cons. But I don't know. I, I, I My prediction on this one is this is going to re-energize the Mac app store slash Mac app uh, development um, because if you look at it like a lot of the apps that are really cool that you use a lot are built first first and foremost for the iPhone right and mm-hmm. there's really not a need or there hasn't been like a how you say like a push to build it for the Mac but if this capability allows you to do that why not right you know why not have some of these really cool like for example, Instagram. I'd love an Instagram client for the desktop, like a native one. Because sometimes like I'm at, you know, uh, on break at work or something or, or at home, you're like, you're going to pull out your phone. Okay. You're looking, swiping through it. Sometimes like you don't, there's a story or some, some, some something that has sound and you're like, I don't want to just right, disrupt yeah. everything. No, so totally, totally. My, my headphones are plugged in. Just open it up on the desktop. I don't know. I, I think it could be a, it could be just an re-energizing. Um, now, it also could just flood the the store with just a ton of useless apps again. But um, I would honestly, I'd rather have that on the Mac than than the than the, than the reverse. Yeah, than what we it's kind of what we have right now. Another, I keep logging in there. Every, I, I'll be honest. I'm a big. I, I like Mac apps mm-hmm. more and more. To be honest, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because there's a shortage of them. Anyway, because I keep logging in there, and it's like, well, you're highlighting the same thing over and over again. Right, right. And here's the other question that I had is, does this change the pricing a little bit? Because notoriously, like desktop mm-hmm. apps, you know, Mac ones are, have been usually pretty, pretty relatively inexpensive. Like oh, I didn't think about that. 20, 30 bucks, you know, you get a good app. But with... <laughs> You got something. I do. With Geekoid. Okay, but with, with this, imagine the dev team, like you don't have a iOS development team and a you know, uh Mac development team like for some of these apps that are cross cross platform. You just have one team. Mm-hmm. And as you build it, boom, it's out there. So that saves you tons of money um as a company and that allows you to kind of custom that that uh you know, custom customize really the experience for for each platform, and that I I mean I think it could be a huge huge win this year. Um, I know why this is a wonderful thing for Apple. Why? Because if you build an app that goes across all platforms, number one, it just makes the ecosystem that much tighter, right? Yep. Number yep. one. Okay. Number two, if I'm working on a project in my iOS, just like we do with maybe Keynote oh, or yeah. something like that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, guess what? It all sinks. It all sinks. Yeah. (laughs) And what does it sink through? iCloud. iCloud. Oh, (laughs) we're gonna need. We're gonna buy some more data to keep all our our, all our all our apps and devices synced together properly. Yeah. Yeah. So iCloud and iCloud. Just quite frankly, this is maybe a slight prediction that's really not in our topic today. But cloud processing. Oh, in yeah. the air, I think is going to be more and more 
of a a bigger thing in 20, yeah, 2018. Totally. Anyways, that, that's a really good that's a really good perspective. Oh, See, man. This is why we do this, Peter. I this know. is why. No, we do this, I mean sir. that's. I never. I just it was just like <laughs> oh totally. So well because here's the thing I I love I love some I love certain Mac apps right yeah but I don't yeah. have that on my phone right and it doesn't mean like I couldn't do them on my phone but anyway but I, I don't have a way to say okay yeah Anyways, I, I agree I think um it's I think we'll probably hear more um in June Worldwide Developers Conference yes so. That's our prediction. Jeez, we'll, we'll pull it up and we'll pull it up in six months half and see year, if we're right the, or wrong. Half the year will be gone. Okay, okay, okay. I, I don't want to berate this point too much, but I want to jump into this next one that you have. Yeah, five G. Five G. Educate me more. Well, besides the fact that like I'm running on four G LTE, I know five G is is. Um, it's really the next the next evolution, the next step in um, data networking. So, uh, right now, as you guys have probably known, we've in the U.S. especially we've we've rolled out um, pretty like Verizon, for example, right. has four G LTE pretty much everywhere. There's there's certain spots you know that it doesn't penetrate well and all that, but uh, for the most part, it's been. It, I mean. I have really no complaints about it on my phone. Like that's a good point. You know, I give like you your phone ever switches to three G. You're like, oh, well, this isn't as good. Yeah. So like, right, so. yeah, with three G, you could. I mean, you can really, you can really tell the difference, and like, you can see, you know, when you're when you're on four G and you switch down to three G in a bad na- bad area or whatever. Man, you could really tell the difference. With 4G, like, it's been, for me, it's been, you know, it's been the same as using my, my modem at home. Maybe a little bit slower. Well, when it first came out, and to a certain extent still, there's a lot of people who get more, faster download speeds off 4G than they do from their local bro- yeah. broadband provider. Yeah. I remember, when, like, there's, like, nobody on the 5G spectrum here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Like, what it, it came out, it was, like, 90 megabits per second download. It was just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Yes. It was so crazy fast, and it's like, <laughs> okay, I can live with this. Like, I would switch off from my work Wi-Fi to my LTE because I had unlimited at that time. It's like, oh, oh, this is yeah. Why would I go to? The, why would I join the work? Oh, the, Wi-Fi when, network. You mean when 4G rolled out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why, why would I join the my company's Wi-Fi network, which was like three megabits per second oh, to yeah. to ninety or whatever 90. it was. So, um. So yeah, that's kind of what 5G is. Um, I'm just kind of looking through here. Uh, there's there's so much there's so much in development right now that it's really hard to to pin down what actually 5G will look like. Um, if that makes any sense. Um, so okay, they're yeah. they're still working through the kinks. They're still working through what is this technology actually like? What's the standard? Um, is is there any company? I mean, is Sprint already using five G in some? No, areas? no, no. Heavens, no. Okay, Sprint is like we don't even have Sprint four G here in South well, Dakota. Yeah, not, which is not here. A shame, a shame. Yeah, but um, what again? So what five G promises really? It's it's going to have a lot higher speeds, um, bigger capacity. So again, more people allowing more people on the network. And lower latency. So latency is like the, you know, the interruption between one device and another. So it's going to allow that to really, to be kind of the, I would think, or I would say like the, the always on cell, cell network. You know, here sometimes with 4G, you can tell that, okay, I've disconnected or I've, this is just like, it's just always on. It just permeates everything. So... Um, well, like, like the bit, what do you mean by that? It's just always on. Well, and that's just my terms of saying like, it's going, it's going to be so, so fast and so behind the scenes that it feels like it's always, do you know what I mean? Like something like, like, okay, maybe what I'm thinking here is like on your phone, um, you have to refresh to have new data load in. 
Oh, right. Okay. And I'm kind of seeing 5G is like, well, it's going to be so, it's going to be like the, the speeds are so insanely fast that theoretically you, your phone, by the time they roll everything out, won't even have to refresh. Like things will just refresh on their own. So is 5G, I guess, excuse me, if cell phone providers want to go down this road, is 5G going to be like the thing that puts them as unlimited for everybody? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I suppose we don't know yet. yet. We, we just don't, don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, I'm I'm guessing that once they roll it out or start rolling it out, it's probably going to be unlimited because the five G. I mean, four G uses a lot of data. You know, right, again, yep. to serve up your request quickly. Totally, use a lot of data. Five G is going to use even more. Um, hmm. and you know, another <laughs> another really. Really interesting. So listen to this sentence. Driverless cars may need 5G to really kick into action. Oh, yeah. Um, so we we talk about that a lot here uh, on the podcast. But, you know, you're driving out there. The car needs to it's got It's got a supercomputer in there today. You know, it needs to connect <laughs> and talk to other other things to, to make sure that it's, you know, driving by itself well and, and all that. So 5G, this is kind of what I mean, is like it's going to be... Per, basically permeating everything and and allowing these these cars to to really um kind of step up their in their automated game i think so um okay <laughs> so where where i was going with this story is this year um korea korea is really known for like their innovation with with cell that's the you know hometown of Samsung. They well, let's just say cell technologies. Okay. Right. Yep. Yep. I would say that more than even the self the phones themselves. We we kind of know you know like Apple is really considered a, a leader in that, and Samsung is too definitely. But um, the technologies really that that goes off to Korea because they always are like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? So they're going to be investing more than $9 billion this year. In Korea. In Korea on 5G. Um, so kind of getting the groundwork mm. all established. Um, you know, they're going to basically, the, the governments are going to start um, licensing spectrum. So um, there's just different spectrums. Without getting too technical into it, there's different spectrums and, and the in order for that 5G to run, it has to have a spectrum. It has to have like a certain, you know, frequency that it can run at and, and on all that stuff. So um, the governments are going to be really selling and licensing these spectrum things. Um, and the, the, the Korean telecoms are going to be really, I think they're going to be really focusing on building out the actual technology and actually working through, a lot of this stuff. Um, so it's going to be a huge win, I think. <laughs> there's trials already put into place. So there's they're already working on like, hey, here we have a device. Let's, let's run it on our, you know, kind of makeshift 5G network at this time. Um, and so one thing that I want to caution people, hmm. um, don't be fooled by the name 5G. Okay. So what I mean by that is um, there are, are, like AT&T here has something called 5G evolution. Um, So that is not 5G. Okay. It's just basically AT&T's brand for their gigabit LTE. Which is another, I mean, that's gigabit LTE, so one gigabit per second. Download speeds, like, it's just Which wild. is like it's, it's just wild. premium broadband right now. Yeah, yeah. So that's what they're they're calling their 5G, 5G apparently. Um, let's just throttling it. Oh, 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 oh. So does this mean the end of LTE? No. <laughs> I think they're going to keep squeezing LTE out for... Which is LTE's four G, um, and the G means for generation. Really, it's just the fourth yeah, the, generation version of 
wireless. The fifth iteration exactly. or whatever. Yeah. So 4G is going to, I think they're going to continue to squeeze and and get more speeds and more, more stuff out of it. But 5G, once they hit a, there's going to be a point where it's like, we're not turning back. We're not going to invest any more into LTE. We're going to just dump everything into 5G. 5G. So Let's ramp it up. This year we'll hear more. I think we'll hear more. My prediction is we'll hear more from a lot of different uh, uh, local telecoms here in the U.S. and probably where, wherever you are listening because it's the cool thing to do. Well, <laughs> a thought came to my mind as we're talking about this and just a quick research on this. I don't know that this is really going to initially happen at all, but there's a potential. Sure. Um, obviously, <clears throat> so right now, with Trump and as our president of the United States, he wants to roll out an infrastructure bill. Yeah. Yep. Which is, I mean, I don't know. Improving infrastructure is hard to argue on any side of the aisle, quite frankly. But uh, that is um, hard to argue against, I should say. The uh, the thing is is potentially there's some speculation that maybe improving broadband or this might help. Who, who knows? Mm-hmm. To prove to some parts of the the country that five G may be potentially a maybe able to piggyback off that. I don't know. We'll see. But but either way, this is this is happening this year. Five G. Yeah, and it's. I, I just read, yeah, to, to piggyback off what you're saying here, um, kind of an article on PC Mag. Uh, AT&T and Verizon pre-5G is coming this year. So it's like they're, like I said, they're beefed up LTE network or whatever. Um, but the first official 5G launches will come in 2018. So think maybe we're going to pick Charlotte, North Carolina or something. They're going to pick a, a city that they're going to roll it out. It's going to be... No devices are going to be able to use it. Even use it yet, yeah. You know, for a long, probably for for a while. It'll probably take Apple two years to catch up. You think so? Oh, yeah. They're they're never first to the party. (laughs) Hmm. So this this 2018 phones, I guarantee you, will not have 5G. 2019 phones will, will probably... I don't know. You don't think so? I think they could totally shock us, dude. I, there's nothing, Peter. They're they're, they're not going to waste their money on yeah, chip but that doesn't they have the capability to do it. That doesn't seem too outlandish. Okay, we'll revisit this. I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point, though. So, um, expect to hear more news again in the U.S. coming very shortly, probably by the end end of 2018. Broad deployment 2019. That's all I got to say. Uh, Which leads us to what next, Peter? Um, well, okay. I'll try to go a little faster here. AI, it's just going to take over everything. Just understand that. like it's, Or at least its domination will continue to move forward on things. And you just have to be aware of that no matter what industry you're part of, like it's, it's going to start doing things. Um, even in my world of the marketing online mm-hmm. um, there's some programs I use already that have AI as a part of them I've also get served ads consistently now sure. uh, from certain companies who are saying hey use our service because we implement AI learning to help improve the performance of things huh. and so uh, to me this I mean, everything that's connected, obviously, is going to, that's primary digital is going to be a really big factor with AI. But I think just over time, it's going to just get bigger and bigger. And I th- was it last time you and I were looking at something? The AI, like, not drone, well, I want to say drone battles, but they were more like cars. Were you and I looking at this? Maybe, maybe you and I was. Maybe I was showing this to somebody else. Sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> but like remote controlled cars, right? Okay, that was definitely not me. <laughs> but not remote controlled cars. Like they build like robot robotics. Okay, that like you know, like the whole dueling match thing yeah, where they pit yeah. each other and like they go against each other. Now imagine that, but they throw AI into the mix. 
Oh, and I I talked about this before. <laughs> that like AI is like potentially the next phase of I don't know. I'm just gonna say it a little bit like military development of like oh yeah right of how do we compete against the other another country. That's I think that's that's a fact. Like that's gonna be and it probably already is being worked on this. Like how do we apply. AI to our military tech. How do we, you know, how do we build an AI chip into one of our Tomahawk missiles or bunker busters? Oh, yeah. That can like, well, based on new information that, that are learned 0.37 seconds ago, right? let's change the target. You know, the target has moved, so let's let's change our flight path, something like that. I mean, because right now, and I don't. I really don't know the capability of some of the, the the weapons that we have, but man, that's a that's low hanging fruit right there for AI to start kind of uh, you know getting in and and really being implemented in a, in like, a or new as, way. as tests are being done, like be able to just process at least minimum the data. Yeah, ex- yeah, extremely better and see correlations that maybe it would take humans a lot longer to to learn. So, anyways, I th- I think that's. I think it's uh, just going to be more and more of a bigger thing. I think it's going to be bigger, and I think it's going to be um, less visible. So, like, what I mean by that is we we both have iPhones. Mm-hmm. We are using AI, like, on a daily basis without even ever touching Siri. Like, if we think that Siri, all that Siri does is, like, the, you know, <laughs> playing a, playing a joke for you or whatever – Siri is like baked into to iOS and it uses a lot of machine learning to like I've noticed <laughs> even with um they didn't push an update to update to iMessages but now I've noticed like you know in the, in the suggest bar that they have the mm-hmm. the whatever they call it um they've added some some emojis there like oh yeah and, and normally it used to be three blocks, like here's three words that you can pick from. Now they've added emojis, and the emojis are actually pretty relevant to what I'm typing. And I was like, oh. It took me a second to notice. Like The, the first time it popped up, I didn't think anything of it. And then it's like second, third time, I'm like, oh, wow. They did something there, you know? Yeah. So I think we're going to be seeing more behind-the-scenes AI um, and I think another thing is, as some of as some of these uh, smart homes become a reality, like with all the devices connected, that's going to be interesting. Like, how do they talk to each other? You know. Well, I just want to go back to earlier in 2017 yeah. when when we had the situation where the Facebook AI started talking to each other. Oh yeah, and nobody yeah. knew what in the world was going on for yeah. a little while. And shut it all down. They built it. Built its own language. I, I, I think that's. I think that's really important. <laughs> you know, I want to go. I almost want to play that clip from our first AI episode, where we got Obama saying, "Well, man, once that thing, once that thing gets to a certain point, you, you, you better be ready to pull that thing. Yeah, pull the plug. The, pull the plug. Pull the plug on that thing right off the wall. Oh, yeah." <clears throat> But you know, okay. So on the on the flip side of that, I think that's the sentiment of a lot of people. You know, like is like, okay, this thing is potentially very dangerous. <laughs> but if we, you know, if t- ten years down the road, will we look like luddites as you know, <laughs> as, as we're like thinking and listening back to the future break episode, like, oh, we're so, you guys were so scared of AI, really? Like, you know what I mean? How will we perceive AI? 10 years from now. <laughs> well, we think we're pretty cool and we give uh, citizenship to robots. In 10 years, robots will be wondering if they should give citizenship to us <laughs> in, in a Robotopia. Robotopia, yeah. Which is, which is carved out somewhere like in... It's going to be an island, know. Peter. I was going to say Northeast it's, Canada. It's going to be an right. island somewhere. I don't know. Okay. No, but... In all seriousness, I think, and again, this is just quality of life. 
<laughs> we we as humans love our <laughs> love to increase our quality of life. Like, well, it's going to happen no matter what. That's a, that's, <laughs> I've realized more and more the uh, the great series of oh Terminator, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So all these scenarios happen, but like in the later videos, like you're going back in the past almost type mm-hmm. thing to to stop the implementation of some guy developing essentially essentially AI mm-hmm. now that I think about it. And the thing is is like in one ser- I think in one of the videos they actually succeed in destroying it. Hmm. But the problem is is like technology keeps moving forward regardless yeah. no matter how much you stifle it. Yeah, like even independently it can be like, you know, it's not there's not like one person that's building AI. It's just no. it's independently built and if one project gets shut down, another, another one will just spring up or another 10. So going back to the to, to my my point about the quality of life. Okay, I got a I got a confession here, Peter. I've been looking at a new coffee maker. Okay, if you guys know me, I love coffee. Like it runs through my veins. This new coffee maker is pretty amazing because it's just like this beautiful cylinder, and then mm-hmm. you know on top you put fresh beans or whatever. Mm-hmm. You fill it in, and then you know you the 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 video shows a lady laying in bed, waking up, taking out her phone, make a cup of coffee, click, boom. She's still in bed, and the coffee's already being brewed, and it's like, and it's using um, recipes from the roasters to you know, extract like different flavors. It's just got all the like, it's got all the the profile of the flavor and all that stuff. It's called spin with two ends. Anyways, my point in that is like, okay, this is amazing because it is dialing into our quality of life. Like, mm. you know, we used to think, okay, well, <laughs> Folgers, let's yeah, Folgers, it's amazing. And back in the day, it was. It really like you could not find a coffee roaster in the U.S. I don't know if you ever remember the commercial. Maybe you. I'm trying to remember if they were around in '92. It's Folgers in your cup. Oh yeah, I remember this commercial. Okay, yeah. all right. So I remember. Yeah, and now we're like Folgers, right? Like now, you, you, I mean, you, you store, you store. Where, where is my caribou? <laughs> where? Where's my wow? What is it? Uh, free trade, um, or what am I thinking? <laughs> yeah, organic, organic conflict-free beans and, and bean from Colombia. Yeah, I have three, sh- you know, three Columbia. soy shots. My bad, guys. It's so common. Sumatra or yeah. Kona Island. It's a Yurgachefe, Peter. Oh, good come on, heavens. you gotta know that. that means three shots. You know, steaming cup, steaming. Milk. Yeah. Okay. Right. Which, that, by the way, is is awesome. The fact that we can even say that is just proof of like how wonderful. Yeah. Competition is and advancement and all sorts of stuff. So. I have a triple grande latte with uh, five pumps of hazelnut latte or five pumps of hazelnut. <laughs> uh, two sleeves, no cup. <laughs> that's kind of how like the the that's the recipes of of our modern times, you know. But okay. To finish off my thought here is like yeah. AI is, is going to enable us to continue to grow our quality of life yeah. behind the scenes in ways that we never thought like we would need it. Like you never thought you'd need a emoji predictor on your text messaging app. But now that you have one, it's like, well, yeah, of course, this is great. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not Philistines. We don't have to push the emoji button to then look at emojis. Like just as you're typing, you should have emojis right there for you. Okay. Right. So that's my two cents. No, it's an exciting world in the world of AI. All right. I'll try to make this quicker. Sorry. We just, I feel like we just, I know, get we just rattled up here a little what, bit. We can close to an hour now already. No. Sorry, sorry everyone. 40 minutes. Okay. Okay. We're, 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 we're doing good. We're doing good. Okay. All right. Quickly, just quickly, cryptocurrency. (laughs) 
Yeah, how can I say that quickly? Okay, here's the deal. It's going to be just even more massive than it ever has been here in the late 2018. And, you know, I actually think of this, we talked about the app world when it first started launching and, like, you throw an app out there and people Mm -hmm. are just downloading it no matter what. We are in a mode right now where companies and groups... Can I even say, yeah, I can say companies are trying to create these essentially products or services in some capacity using the blockchain in a crypto currency world that my goodness is at a rate that I, I didn't even know there was so many. I mean, there's, I feel like there's three or four launching every week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Three new, right? three or four new alt, alt, alt currencies. Yeah. Alt currencies. So, um, that's on one hand that's cr- crazy. Uh, on the other hand, that's exciting. Um, we're entering a new world. It's kind of the wild, wild west. There will be some people who I, I'm just gonna be honest, are gonna lose a lot of money. Oh yeah, there's people money. already that lost a lot of money, and there's gonna be some people who make a ton of money. Yeah. A ton of money. Um, I think there's a video out there on YouTube right now of, I mean, I'm probably exaggerating this number a little bit, but I want to say the billion dollar kid or teenager hmm. who, had a, about- who had a bunch of Bitcoin. And when that shot up, it just made him a, essentially oh, really? a, a <laughs> so billionaire effect. He, he had a bunch of Bitcoin and just, it just exploded. And I get it. Um, uh, we, I mean, Serge and I are working to try to become better practitioners of this world. Obviously, we're not gambling our life savings away here, or anything like that. Yeah. But uh, if you want to support our ventures, you can donate <laughs> our Bitcoin to my wallet, which is one three seven QX two. Um. So I will say this: there are some things that really, um, I don't like about some of the crypto world in the sense of transaction fees and so I don't mm-hmm. we can get in more into that but I, I have a I have a feeling that as time goes along just just by the fake fact of like competition and just overall people coming together th- that is going to decrease more this may I don't know how everyone who listens to this podcast feels about capitalism um, personally I'm a I'm a really big fan. I know I'm not saying this have some issues every now and then, but it's allowed a lot of development progress. This is some people think like, oh, this is like the decentralization of of uh governments and all sorts of like that. And maybe I don't know. Down the road you can maybe think that way. Here's the deal though. This is like the craziest form of capitalism. Yeah. In the most, almost, it's a, it's a more of a pure form than any of us could ever imagine. So I think, where I trade you X for Y, yeah, and I don't have to go through a bank. I don't have to go through anything. Yeah, this is the this is the 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 new marketplace, um, right? And I just so we'll see. Um, I wouldn't expect to see if maybe Amazon starts looking at ways to try to get involved in this in some capacity. I don't know how or any way how that will work, but. Wouldn't surprise me that we are going to have some companies that really start to look into ways of leveraging the crypto world. Uh, Virgin uh, Mobile, uh, Virgin Mobile, but uh, airlines is an example of that. You can pay in Bitcoin. <laughs> I mean, just stuff like that. So, anyways, I okay. Let me add a few thoughts to this here. Okay. Um. Well, we should. Okay, we should do our our almost you know, bi-weekly Bitcoin price check, right, Peter? Yeah. So currently, as we speak, <laughs> it, just, it just went up $50 here. As <laughs> you refresh the page. I refresh the page. Um, one Bitcoin equals $14,764.01 as mm-hmm. of this moment. So um, down from a little, from the high, I think it was around 19 or so, that, that was the high we recently saw, but um, 
big news. Peter Thiel, um, huge, huge Silicon Valley investor. Um, yeah, he's, PayPal founder. Yeah, he's putting his his money in Bitcoin. Really? Which, in a way, I think legitimizes this even more. It's like, you know, you, you look at a guy like Peter Thiel, who's... In, this, I mean, his life is researching things and and right, yeah, basically putting money where where he thinks is going to be the next bet. Like he's putting, and I, I don't quite know the the details of um how much he's put in, but it's it's kind of been noted as hundreds of millions of dollars of this this currency that he owns. Um, and so this is like like going back to your capitalist society thing. This is like where people are just in love with with it and or or they just dread and hate it. You know, the people that love it are like this is amazing. This is I don't have to go, like you said, I don't have to go to a bank. I don't have to you know, sit with a mortgage or or not mortgage, but like a financial advisor and like, you know, tell them, "Hey, you need to buy these these five stocks." I just do it on my phone. Right. And the people that hate it are like this is unregulated. There's no, what you know, what happens to my money? Like, who's going to be paying if my money gets hacked and and all this stuff, <laughs> right? And I think the kind of the truth is somewhere in the middle here. It's the technology is is really quite amazing. Right. You know the the actual blockchain, what which powers Bitcoin and all these other you know things that we're hearing. It's really, really amazing, and that's where I'm going to put my bet on is that we're going to see a lot of new tech that uses this technology, mm-hmm. not just for the the currency side of things, but but for the actual like, hey, let's build a let's build a new way to send money to people, you know, that bypasses like you know, wire transfers that you don't have to wait three days to get your money. If you have relatives living in oh yeah abroad, right? You want to send money from the US to let's say, you know, my home country, Ukraine. Well, man, there's some <laughs> there's some fiery hoops you have to jump through sometimes to do that. And the fees can be ridiculous. Like, well, you know, somebody needs somebody needs an emergency fifty dollars, right? Which which will go a long way in Ukraine right now, man. Like the the fee to send it is is probably not worth it, you know. But if if the blockchain, if it can be, I mean, you can you can do this right now with Bitcoin, right? But again, the the exchange and the rates and the the, the volatility is so crazy that it, I feel like it needs to be a platform versus a cryptocurrency. So there needs to be like a a Western Union or MoneyGram using blockchains, but not actually having any value. Does that make sense? Like you're not you're not trading in their proprietary coin. You're not using a you know Western Union coin to go from one person to another. Mm. You can put in whatever currency you want and then you can send that money to anyone you want in the world and it gets converted into their currency. Boom, done. But it uses the blockchain. Interesting. So I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, in, right now, in, like everyone's talking about bit, the blockchains, Bitcoin, all that. It's like, yeah, it's, it, it seems like it's such a windfall that you can get from it, you know? There's no physical thing, you know, like stock market, you actually own a share of a company when you buy a stock. Correct. With this, I mean, you just own some numbers. (laughs) That's, I think that's the hardest thing for people to wrap their mind. I I agree. I agree. And the numbers, if they get lost, I mean, you, you literally just burn your money. So this is, this is where I I like to see, I mean, I think crypto will continue to stick around and it'll grow, but I'd love to see more of a shift to like, hey, let's make this amazing database technology apply for other, you know, be applicable in other areas. Right. So. No, 
<laughs> crypto. It, regardless, it's going to be big in 2018. So. Agreed. Well, any last thoughts, Peter, on this uh, on this year? Um, I don't think so. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess, right? Yeah. Well, regardless, I feel like the future is bright. Yeah. That's what I love about the tech world. Um, you know, we can turn on the news and we can read all of the politics and, you know... This is going wrong here. There's an explosion there. Crime. But then we can turn to tech and it's like, hey, we've got a new, you know, we've got a new iPhone coming out soon and it's going to have these cool things. Awesome. That's good news. We've got a new, you know, Windows computer that's thinner, slimmer. It's like, dude, okay, awesome. Right. So we hope you have a awesome new year Uh, we're excited this year is going to be some good some good things we have some cool plans um that that we need to still talk about peter right (laughs) (laughs) agree but we we want to do some cool things uh this year too so um you can find us on futurebreak.net that's our site Um, we're also on twitter at futurebreakpod and on facebook at futurebreak where else can you find us you can find us on apple podcasts network Spotify, the Google Listen platform, and um, kind of a special shout out to our CastBox followers. Yeah. Um, this has been kind of a new thing for us where we're realizing, for, and we're grateful for it. If you're a CastBox listener, thank you. Um, we're actually trying to understand the platform more ourselves, but... And actually, if you listen to podcasts, we recommend you check out CastBox. Totally. Just as a way to like learn a new uh, podcast listening yeah. platform. So. All right. All right. Have a magical day. Cheers, everyone.